Welcome to Your Place at the Table, a podcast for women who are ready to take their place and make important contributions in their lives. Co-hosted by sisters Jamie Adams and Jody Stewart, we'll identify assumptions that inadvertently keep us stuck, dig into eternal truths, and explore and develop effective skills. As we learn and grow together, we will become more articulate, more creative, more courageous, and more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. So pull up your chair and let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your Place at the Table podcast. I'm Jody, and I'm here with my sister, Jamie. Hi, guys. And we are your hosts. Now, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We want you to know that we're dedicated to supporting women, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who haven't yet taken their proper place and fully contributed in their families, their wards, and their communities. In this podcast, we focus on identifying assumptions that keep us stuck, highlighting truths that support our growth, and exploring effective skills. And all of this to support us in becoming more articulate, more creative, more courageous, and especially more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. Now, if you're a regular listener, welcome back, friends. You're all in the right place, and we're so glad you're here. Pull up a chair, and let's get started. Yeah, welcome. Gosh, it's great to be back. So nice to have everyone with us. We just want to remind you, we are still working out some of the kinks from our this podcast we're doing. We're shortening our some of our episodes. We're trying to focus and, and get a little more clear on some of these deep topics because we think they matter and we want to make sure that they that they're given the the time and energy that we want to give to them. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to talk today about influence. We're going to break this over a couple of episodes and our focus today is going to be primarily on having influence. Why it matters, um, how to improve it. And we invite you to just join in this discussion. Be with us today. Meet us up on social media um, if you have thoughts or or ideas that you want to contribute. Yeah, for sure. So let's just start here, Jamie. Why? Why would a discussion on influence be important for those of us who want to take our place at the table? Right. Okay. So this entire podcast is for women and men who are interested, who who want to be more intentional about taking their place at the table or and but who also are struggling to know what that looks like how did that happens in day-to-day life and because of that we're we're trying to talk about a variety of different topics to give us a some verbiage around them some wording so that we can words help us to get clear okay words help us to know what our experience is but it's also so that as we're trying to to change our behaviors, to see other people differently, and to create environments where the spirit can flow freely, all of that comes to, you know, Jody, this is a really interesting topic for me. I came to this because I have a good friend who is currently working for a company that studies relationships between Israel and China. I like to talk to her about her work and 
sometimes I will read things that make me think of her. And one time I was reading something. So I sent her this. It says, China is more interested in protecting its national interest than bringing others along toward mutual agreement. They're powerful, but not influential. And there is a difference. Hmm. So I sent this to her and, and kind of started this conversation, you know, hey, isn't this interesting? And she says, she writes back and says, well, what if China really doesn't care about influence? Oh. And that really kind of stopped me in my tracks. You know, it had never occurred to me until that moment that anyone wouldn't want to be influential. And it made me think a lot about, well, is that just a Western idea? Is this, you know, a cultural thing that I've grown up with? And it made me reconsider why I did or to whom I did want to be influential and what my influence could really look like. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I just had been thinking a lot. Do I want to be influential? And if we're going to be taking our place at the table, which is this whole idea of this podcast is helping those of us who struggle to know how do I step up? How do I do this? It is because deep in for me, at least, I do have a desire to influence. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to admit, I've never really thought about my influence, what it currently is or what I want it to be. But when I stop and think about it, now that you're bringing it up, I do feel really strongly inside, yes, I want to have an influence. And I'm, I'm not really sure why. Friends, how about you? Do you care about having an influence? I'm wondering if maybe because I've been influenced and my life has been enhanced by the influence of the Holy Ghost, of trusted friends and family members or leaders and mentors. You know, it's such a wonderful process to be influenced by somebody and have that affect my life and change me for the better, that maybe it's a natural next step to want to be a part of that magic and and do some influencing. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's a real thing. I love that word magic because I do feel like when I've been influenced by someone, it does feel magical. I think there is a natural desire to continue that, you know, to be part of that process. But I've noticed too that our culture, the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ relies heavily on ideas about influence. You know, I think it's a part of our core belief system that that the primary means that the Holy Ghost communicates with us is through its influence. You know, you mentioned earlier the influence of the Holy Ghost. You know, so I think it's it is a means and a way that we shine light, that we guide and direct without mm. without all the things that seem to bring darkness. You know, mm-hmm. criticizing, correcting you know, telling people off, all this stuff to make them do what we want. Influence seems to give this beautiful picture of, ah, they're just so affected by our energy that they're making change, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I like what you're saying, that having influence is the celestial way. And to abdicate influence is to stop being like the Savior. Well, and I think that too. I do. Well, and so then the logical next question is, how can we best influence? Well, influence stems from our personal way of being. 
Okay, now that seems really big and broad. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best explanations that we have seen of this is from the Arbinger Institute's Pyramid of Influence from the book, The Anatomy of Peace. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we love this book. And if you can imagine, friends, this a pyramid, all right? An equilateral pyramid with four lines dividing this triangle into five, you know, horizontal levels. So the largest section would be at the bottom and the smallest would be at the top. So in this pyramid, this pyramid outlines how best to influence other people around us. Okay. And at the very, very bottom section, let's call this level one. This is our personal way of being. So what do we mean by that? So, Jamie, let's take a little bit more time with that. What do we mean by personal way of being? Well, our personal way of being is how we are in this moment. Do I have a heart at peace? Am I loving the the people that I'm with or am I accusing them? Am I actively working right now toward building and repairing or am I tearing down? Our personal way of being is just where we're at in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And Arbinger Institute, C. Terry Warner, they teach that to have genuine influence and connected relationships, we do our best to spend the most of our time at this level, at level one in our personal way of being, trying to obtain a heart of peace, trying to work toward building, trying to work toward love. This is our foundation. Okay. So then the next level up from personal way of being, level two, is building important relationships. And so these would start in order of importance. If you're married, it would be your spouse. If you have a family, then next would be the children. And then moving on into parent relationships, sibling relationships, friend relationships. Do these people really know that they are loved by me? Does my spouse know that they're my number one? Does my child really feel seen and heard by me? And if not, what can be done to improve the relationship? Yeah, great. Okay, so we're at the beginning is our personal way of being. Level two up on this triangle is building that Im- the important relationships. So then the third level is listening and learning. So we're working on ourselves. We're working on our relationships. And now are we listening? Are we trying first to understand before we try to make ourselves understood? That's level three. Okay, so I just want to interject something as we're going through the pyramid. If anybody out there is like me, as we're building in this pyramid, you might be increasing in some of your internal anxiety knowing that none of this is reflexive for you. (laughs) Yes. Because it's just not. But it is an excellent guide to help us get where we really want to go. So I just wanted to say we're all in good company. And well, and there's nothing that Jody and I love more than creating entire podcasts out of things <laughs> that we have yet to perfect. <laughs> that's right. That's right. For some reason, there's a real draw there. <laughs> I know. I know. We're like flies. Oh. Okay. Okay, so level four that builds on listening and learning is getting more narrow 
And this one, this level four is teaching. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's only five levels here. So you can imagine this is getting narrow, narrow, or getting up to the top. So teaching, now you would think, you would think that teaching would be down. You know, if I'm going to have a good relationship, I've got to teach people, but it's not. It's the second to the top, only to be followed by the top, which is the smallest section, and that is correcting others. Mm. So the takeaway concept that we want to other under... Okay, so given this picture that we've created with the pyramid and all of these pieces laying on top of each other, the takeaway concept we'd like to underline is the idea that the best way to influence another person or group of people is to start with ourselves first, to make sure that our personal way of being is at peace. Then we move to work on relationships, strengthening, building, enjoying, working our way up to the smallest part and the least used, which should be correcting others. But here's the reality. Friends, spouses, parents, leaders, we often spend the bulk of our time trying to correct, criticize, fix, discipline, not necessarily working to strengthen relationships, which precedes the correction stage. I mean, honestly, how many of us respond well when someone seeks to correct us or fix us? Oh, gosh. Right? I mean, that's, that's 99% of, mm-hmm. of hurt feelings and distrust and someone else saying that they know. And they're going to, they're going to do it the way, you know, or force our behavior or express their disappointment. It's, ah, it's so much of Mm -hmm. the way our world is functioning. Mm -hmm. But if dealing with what's going wrong doesn't work, it's usually because according to this pyramid, we've been doing it at the expense of helping things go right. Yep. And in order to invite change... Helping things go right is the biggest part of the work. It is. Since the bulk of time in good relationships is spent trying to help things go right and the smallest part deals with correcting, when you're evaluating a strained relationship, you start there. Okay? Good relationships spend time making sure it's, things are good. Think about what you're doing to help things go right. How are you loving? How are you approving? How are you spending time creating good feelings? When you're asking yourself those questions, you're not spending a lot of time. How do I help this child fix this difficulty? You're saying, how do I help this person in this quorum or this class or this auxiliary? No. That I love them. Mm. So we have more potential to invite change in someone if we approach them without resentment, without a press for change. And we can do this if we have built a relationship with them, if we have listened to and learned from them. Yep. All those things have to happen before we consider correction. Okay. Now, seeking for genuine influence does prompt us to look for solutions to a problem at a deeper level than the one that the problem seems to be at. Okay, now this might sound a little confusing, so let me explain here. 
this whole podcast is about us showing up at the table. We want to be able to influence when we're at this table. So if there is a problem, so we think of where that problem is in terms of this triangle. If we're spending the bulk of our time correcting others, even in just in our heads, even if we're not saying it out loud, we're still focused on the smallest aspect of influence. Mm. So if you want to have an influence, start focusing the bulk of your energy on helping things go right. So let's consider one level deeper. So let's say I have a problem with my spouse, okay? That would be in level two, and you're building on these important relationships. Now, for me, my natural tendency would be to handle it at level four and try to teach him because I need to help him understand. He doesn't understand. So if I could teach him, now things will go better. I could just jump right to level five and correct him and let him know exactly what he isn't doing right. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You could do that. (laughs) Right. Oh, I I could do that with lots of people, with my kids, with, with anybody. Uh, But what Terry Warner and the Arbinger Institute are trying to explain with this pyramid is that I will not be able to have the influence with my spouse if I don't spend my time on the level lower than the one that this problem is on. Mm. So if I'm having a problem with Jason on level two, the bulk of my time is best spent on level one, on my personal way of being. I need to stop. I need to work on softening my heart. I need to be honest in my dealings. I need to start recognizing weaknesses and contributions to conflict, resist temptations, you know, every, all those things. I need to step back and see what's going on with my way of showing up to this problem. Right. Okay. I want to clarify something here. Going Back down to level one doesn't mean that we are the source of all the problems. And the only answer is to back up and take ownership of any difficulty. No. It also doesn't mean that if there is genuine correction that needs to take place, that we wait until we are perfected before we stand up and say what we need to say. Right. Because there'd be no podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we really need this this podcast. Yeah. Because all of this is about having to stand up, right? We're trying to learn how to stand up, to say what we need to say, right? So we can't wait for that to happen first. Mm -hmm. It just means that we begin by considering our own part, our way of being, what's in our heart. We do this before we correct the parts and hearts of others, which is exactly what the Savior taught, right? Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And what I love about this pyramid is that it gives a very reliable, concrete way to do that thing. Yes, because we can correct with a heart at peace. That is a very different experience than correcting with a heart at war. Yes. Okay. Well, you just jumped into the Savior, and I think it's worth going even farther into some of the ways that we can see here, Jody and I in the scriptures, that that this is a pattern that Jesus taught in his own personal way of being. And there's this terrific example 
in John chapter 4. And many of you should be familiar with this, right? This is Christ and the woman at the well. So let's start around verse 7. So there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Okay? The Savior's heart is at peace. How do we know that? Because (laughs) he is peace. All right? So we know. This is how he's showing up. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Okay. So, first of all, he's made no judgment here about her. He doesn't have a heart of war toward her. He has not accusing her because of her nationality or her gender. He just asks her for water. And she, it's interesting because she could just serve him blindly here, right? As a Samaritan and as a woman, she's in a double down position. She could have just, yeah, you know, yeah. fed him and moved on. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. She questions him. How is it that you're asking me? So Jesus answers and says, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Okay, the Savior immediately begins to connect with her. Here he is. So we know that his level one is good. Level two, he starts to build a relationship with this woman. And he's saying to her, If you knew who I was, you would ask even more about me. In doing this, the woman, okay, so the woman then says, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? So it's clear that she doesn't understand what the Savior means, but she is open to his influence. In large part, I believe, because his personal way of being sees her as real. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she knows she's a real person to him. And so when he says something interesting, intriguing, she's right there. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay, then teach me. Explain to me what you're saying. And he does, right? He answers her and says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Mm. What is he doing here? He's teaching. All right? So now he built the relationship with her. When she's responding to him, she's asking questions. He's listening. He's listening first to what she's saying. Wait. I don't understand. What do you mean? Then he teaches. This is what the water is. The water shall be, you know, be in you a well. There will be so much of it. And then the woman says, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And then Jesus says to her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. Mm. (laughs) And the woman has to say here, I have no husband. And Jesus says to her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. Okay, 
teaching and a little bit of correction Mm -hmm. here. He never would have gotten to that point had he not gone through those stages. Sees her, treats her as real from the beginning. He is not accusing her, even in his heart, Mm. of anything. He knows who she is before he asks the water of her. Right. But this is the coolest part. At the end, (laughs) she says to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And this continues. There's more teaching. And then the woman leaves and testifies of him to many others. She becomes such a force for good and teaching of the Savior because of this one interaction. That there is no question how vital his his influence was on her and on countless others because of that. Oh, wow. That's a really powerful example of how a gentle and loving influence can go so far. It absolutely can. All of this time, loving, building the relationship, listening, creating things just to get to the point where he says, you might need to make a personal correction. Mm. And she is more than willing in that point to do so. Right. Oh, beautiful. So Mm -hmm. beautiful. So friends, if we want to show up at the table, let's look at the way we're trying to influence others. Let's practice looking at ourselves first and following some of the steps of this pyramid so that next time we're at that table, next time we're in that council, next time we're having that personal discussion with a neighbor, that we're looking to influence in a way where our influence can actually be felt. Mm. Yeah, and have lasting effects. Mm-hmm. And draw someone to the Savior. Which is where we're all trying to get. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so there was a lot there. We hope that all of you will have a good experience just letting these ideas simmer with you this week. And as you're beginning to notice your own personal way of being and your own tendencies. We are going to be back next week and we're going to talk about not only influencing, but being influenced by others and the mutually supportive relationship between those two. So it's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. So tune back in next time. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you've been here. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast, we hope you're already subscribed. If not, get on iTunes, Spotify, go to our website, yourplaceatthetable.net, and subscribe so you can be notified every time we post a new episode. And be sure and share us with your friends. Also, you can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, you can email us at yourplaceatthetablepodcast at gmail.com. So we're definitely looking forward to continuing this discussion next time and hope you'll be right back here with us. So we'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.